Welcome back to the Love University on the campus of Triad Christian Center with your host and instructor, Pastor Joshua Lockett. Are you really free to love? Join us on our brand new series, Freedom to Love. Starting now, let's tune in. Father, I thank you for your mercy and your grace, Father. There is no one like you. You are holy. You are worthy, Lord. You deserve the praise. You deserve the glory. You deserve the honor. And Father, even now on this morning, we lift you up and we say there's no one like you. You are holy. You are powerful. You are a present help in the time of trouble, Lord. Who is like you, God? Who can compare to you, God? Is there anything too hard for you, Lord? And Father, even today, we realize that you put breath in our lungs. We realize that, Lord, the word says that everything that have breath, praise the Lord. And Lord, even now, we just lift up about a minute of radical, radical, radical praise unto you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you're in, you're here, Lord. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. You're in the middle of our trouble. You're in the middle of our success. You're in the middle of prosperity. You're in the middle of pain. Lord, you're right there in the middle of it. And even today, Lord, we declare that you are good and your mercy endure forever. Come on, lift up a praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Be exalted, Jesus. Be lifted up. Be lifted up, be lifted up, be lifted up. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on. That voice that you have. Hallelujah. Don't worry about how it sounds. Just bring it from your heart. Hallelujah. Worthy, 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 worthy. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God is worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, you're a God of miracles. 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 You are a miracle worker. You are a miracle worker. You are a miracle worker. Every form of witchcraft be broken off this service in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare you reign, you rule, you abide in the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you even now that by the blood of Jesus that we can walk in freedom, Lord. We can walk in freedom from every past habit, every past behavior. That because of the blood of Jesus, it's a game changer. And Father, I pray today that you are changing the game for those who are in the room. Father, those that are watching by way of streaming, that you are setting them free, Lord, in their minds. And that we are literally experiencing, Lord, what you brought in Mark 5. I pray even now for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation be released. And may the eye of the heart be flooded with light, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father. Holy Ghost, rise. Holy Ghost, rise. Holy Ghost, rise and rest. Holy Ghost, rise and rest. Holy Ghost, rise and rest. Holy Spirit, rise and rest in this place, in homes, in cars, wherever people are watching. Holy Ghost, rise and rest. 
move even today. Break bondages, break chains like only you can. I pray for that even now. And I pray that we are free to love and free to fulfill your commandments, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody say amen and say it is so. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, give a shout of praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, he's worthy. He's worthy. Come on, look at your neighbor to your left and right and say, our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Amen. Amen. Say it on the on the cyber world. Going to give everybody a cyber hug, cyber high five, air high five, and air hug, and you may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you all for joining us wherever you're watching from on today. Thank you for being with us. Amen. And connecting with us online. And for those of you that are here in person, amen. On this third Sunday in July, it is good to be in the house. Amen. Glory to God. Today we have, uh, we're going to continue our series on uh, free to love. And today we're going to talk about getting free from strongholds. And so I want to encourage you to go on to share this message if you know somebody that can benefit from mental freedom. Amen. And today we're going to believe God that he's going to set minds free. We've been on this journey. And, you know, one of the points that I'll give you today is that this thing is a process. It takes time. And so I've got seven points for you today. I'm not going to even be preaching to you on Sunday, I mean Tuesday, because we're going to be in Holy Convocation, either in person or live streaming. So I encourage everybody to join us there for our Holy Convocation for this week. Also want to make mention that tonight uh, and on tomorrow we will have prayer, and I will send out the information for our Holy Convocation. So we're going to be in prayer for that. So I won't be speaking to you between now and next Sunday. Amen. So I want to encourage you all to press in on this Tuesday night with us over at Holy Convocation. I also want to make mention that uh, this next Sunday, we're going to move our, our outdoor service to next Sunday. Amen. And so we'll be moving it to next Sunday. And so uh, for those of you that say, man, I missed out on outdoor service today, you have an opportunity on next Sunday to join us. Amen. All working out. If anything should change. I will let you know. Amen. We'll be out there in the hot sun. I think it's supposed to be like 80-something degrees, possibly. I'm not even sure. So I want to encourage you just to join us. I'll try to make sure that we have some drinks out there for you because we don't want anybody falling out in the heat. We want you to fall out in the spirit. Amen. So <laughs> we'll make sure we take care of you. So for all of you who are wondering, we'll make sure you're good to go and uh, some have you have some fluids for you outside on next Sunday. Amen. All right. Go with me really quickly in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse 3, and anytime you do a message on deliverance, uh, a freedom series, you know, the enemy, I believe, tries to oppose you, but his power is broken. Amen? Glory to God. Just say, the enemy's power is broken over my mind, over my body, over every part of me. I am free to do what God has called me to do in Jesus' name. Come on, just say it right there in the cyber world. Say, I'm free in my mind. I'm free in my body. I'm free in every part of me. Come on, you got to say it loud to do what God has called me to do. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm free. Come on, say, I'm free in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Uh, and let's just be in prayer for this nation and pray that God will just bring healing to this nation. All right, y'all ready? Okay, so I told you we have seven points. Amen. Somebody said that's, that was a lot of points, but we're going to move through them. And uh, you'll be able to read this and listen to this after service. So just play it back if you miss a point. So go with me really quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 4. You should have your outlines coming to you right now. 
So for all of you outliners, go on and check it out. Uh, go on and look and follow along with me. Amen. Glory to God. It says right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Now I, Paul, appeal to you with the gentleness and kindness of Christ. Though I realize you think I'm t- I am timid in person and bold only when I write from far away. Amen. So in other words, they were kind of thinking, Paul, you, you can say a whole lot on Instagram and Facebook, but you can't say nothing in person. So anyway, verse 2, well, I am begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. And he says we use God's mighty weapons. So what we're talking about today, we talk about strongholds. This is a spiritual battle. This is not a natural battle. This is not a physical battle per se. This is a spiritual battle. Amen. How many of you used used to fight a lot when you were little? Raise your hand. Okay, we got two people that are honest. I was the fighter out of my whole family. I probably fought more than any of my siblings. Amen. But God was putting a passion in my heart. It was a manifestation of passion. He put a Samson anointing on me. Amen. You know, Samson had a legit anointing, grace from God, help from God to go kill people. Amen. (laughs) Somebody said, they actually making a movie about it. They made a new movie about him, I think, uh, on Pure Flix or something like that. So. Go check it out. Amen. I don't even know how it is, but we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. So he says they use godly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Who do you think puts false arguments in our head? Enemy, right? We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. One of the, one of the commandments of Christ to obey is to do what? To love. So it says, and teach them to obey. So when we talk about getting free from strongholds, we're talking about getting free to love. Because to a degree, a stronghold by nature, a demonic stronghold, is a stronghold that makes us rebellious. And so it says, and teach them. Last thing we do is teach them to obey Christ. So the whole goal of getting free from strongholds is so that we'll be able to submit better to the commands of Christ. And one of the commands of Christ is to love one another. So when we look at this, I want to continue talking about free to love, and we're going to talk specifically about freedom this past Tuesday night. I attempted to teach on how we get strongholds. How do strongholds develop? And I talked about suggestions, and I talked about opinions. I talked about how the enemy will bring questions, and I talked about rationale, ungodly rationale. If you haven't seen that message, go back and check it out from Tuesday night. And then the last step is that we move into a place of belief or acceptance and then rebellion. The Bible says in the New Living Translation, Genesis 3, verse 6, she was convinced She was convinced, and she ate the fruit. She was convinced, believed, then she rebelled. When we believe the lie, when we believe the theory that the enemy is putting in our heads, that's when it actually begins to take territory in our mindsets. It is beginning to formulate. Can I get an amen? So that stronghold is nothing more, in a sense, than a persuasion. I've called it a persuasion. Persuasion, convince, faith. And so it changes our reality, it alters our reality, it alters how we see life. Better yet, maybe better word would be perception. It alters our perception on life, how we see ourselves, how we see God, how we see others. Here in this particular context, 
he says that these proud obstacles keep us from knowing God. In other words, keeps us from coming into a place of revelation of who God is. In 1 John, he tells us that when we know God, then we love others. So if we don't know God, then we may not be able to love others like we should. Why? Because there's a blockage on how we see God. Some people might think that God is a hateful God, so that might mean that they may express hate to other people because that's how they see God. Amen. And the Bible says to speak the truth in love, and there are people that can say the right thing the wrong way. How many know you can do that? And God can still use it. He can still back it because it's true, but it was done the wrong way. It's the right message, but it's the wrong method. And so sometimes we have, we have different ones of us that we may struggle, and we all can, with how we see God. And that's why we need to stay in the Word and ask the Holy Spirit to give us understanding. So with that being said, I want to go into just seven points of how to get free from strongholds, how I believe personally that you can get free from strongholds. It may be a stronghold of fear. It may be a stronghold of rejection. It may be a stronghold of perversion. It, and again, strongholds are not necessarily demons. They are persuasions. They are mindsets. They are convictions that we come to. And so when we look at these strongholds, this is how you can get free, I believe. Number one, being teachable. Say teachable. Now, you remember I told you that pride makes you unteachable. But being teachable is how strongholds are broken down. Look at what it says right here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24 through 26. It says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but, be, but, must, be, but must be kind. I said quine, <laughs> swine, kind. To everyone, be able to what? Teach. I have, that, I have that in bold on your outline. You should see that in bold. Be able to do what? Teach and be patient with difficult people. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth. What does a stronghold do? It keeps out the truth, right? It fights. It, if you look at a stronghold in natural terminology, it was something that protected you from the enemy's attack. So it protected you from the enemy infiltrating. So in other words, what did it do? They opposed the truth. I believe this is, I could venture to say this is a type of stronghold. They're resisting the truth. And it says, perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Look at what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 through 5. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, we use mighty, God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and do what? Teach them. Say, teach. Teach them to obey Christ. Y'all see that word teach just popping up? So we see teach at the end of how we get people to obey Christ. And we got teach where it says people who are entrapped by the enemy, we teach them. So I believe that we have to be teachable. We have to be willing to learn. Now, now Paul is telling Timothy, this is how you deal with difficult people. He says you got to be patient and you got to teach them, which the second point I want to give you is patience. Say patience. In order to get delivered, I believe, from strongholds, strongholds may not break overnight. 
mindsets that we have in our hearts and our minds may not break overnight. You know, year, last year when I, everything happened with George Floyd and um, the man that was shot even in Atlanta and all of, all of what happened with Breonna Taylor and, and all those situations that happened, you know, people were definitely uproaring and the, the intensity began to go to a whole nother level of, of racial justice or racial injustice, however you want to say it. And many were alarmed and they, everybody was talking about it. Well, some people were on their podcasts and on their, on their, on their, on, on television, on the news, and everybody was weighing in on the subject. And, you know, one of the things that I will say about, you know, um, fighting injustice is that I do believe that we do have to have a clear goal, but that's another story. And I think one of the goals that we have that I'm not saying is wrong to have, but I think it takes a while to achieve is that everybody will get to a place where they will see everybody on the same level because that's difficult to do. As soon as you get everybody on the same level, there's going to be one that jump off that level. Can I get an amen? And they're going to start seeing somebody wrong again. But I want to say this to you. Our nation, obviously, for hundreds of years has been battling with what I call this demon of racism. For hundreds of years, you're not going to break that in a matter of weeks unless you have the Spirit of God. And, and let me say this to you. There are even some of us, and I'll say this as a black man, as a black, in the black culture, there are even some of us, even in our own race, that have strongholds against our own race. And so if we're struggling with breaking it in our own, in our own race, how much more is it going to be harder for other people to break it that come from different races? It won't be broken overnight. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I know this is bold and this is strong, but sometimes when you look at TV, all you saw, that's why the Cosby show, I believe, was so powerful. Because it showed for the first time black people doing stuff that you normally didn't see them doing, a doctor and a lawyer. Come on now. And some people have to be exposed to this level of lifestyle in order to have their mindsets to begin to change. And even after all of that, that was great, but that was like an anom anomaly. But now you look at TV today and you see on TV where certain people and certain cultures and certain races are always portrayed in a certain demeanor. And if you keep seeing that repeated over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, it begins to set an image in your mind or a schema or an understanding of this particular race of people where you don't even know a person of that race, but because you've seen them operate like this so much on media, can I say media, say entertainment, you don't even know somebody in that race for real, but you think everybody in that race acts like what you saw on TV. And that cannot necessarily be broken overnight. That's something that has to be broken by the Holy Spirit and by exposure. For instance, people might have strongholds about people in the church based on media. Amen. Some people might think believers should be poor. They see pastors going, dry, going around with jets, and they have a problem with it. I didn't get any amens in here. Now, I don't have a jet. But that's a stronghold that has to be broken because there's a devil that tells you that in order to be a pastor, you have to be poor. You have to lead with poorness. Tell Solomon that. Tell the father of the father, the father, our spiritual father, that Abraham, come on now. He was, he was overflowing with money. Amen. But he still loved God, loved God so much that he was willing to sacrifice his own son with all that money. 
That shows you how consecrated he was. So you don't have to be prideful just because you have prosperity. The Bible says he got up the next morning and traveled three days to go and sacrifice his son. That's what he did. That's what a man that was overloaded with money did. He was so consecrated to God. He was such a worshiper because you don't have to lose your worship just because you're prospering. Amen. You don't have to lose your praise just because you got some money in the bank. You can praise him and be a millionaire at the same time. Can I get an amen? There's a stronghold that has to be broken. They put them on the news. All oh, these pastors, da 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 da. And some of you can't stand it, but I'm gonna keep talking. These pastors, they on here. They got this. They got iPhones. They got all this kind of stuff. Well, well, I mean, shouldn't Christians have the best? Amen. Or is it just the people that we're preaching to? Amen. For all the pastors, I know it ain't nobody is pastor, but I'm, I'm talking like I'm talking to other pastors. Amen. I'm with you. They have. We have strongholds about men or women or the person of the opposite sex and you talk to a person that's been abused for years by the opposite sex and you tell them they need to change how they think about the opposite sex over one day that may not happen because they still have the scent in their nose you're not talking to the point where every time they smell a certain cologne they go back into something Y'all ain't talking to me today. This is strong. These are strongholds. They see a car that looked like half of the car they had. It's, it's not even the same red, but it's, the, it's close to the same type of red, and they go back into that moment because that stronghold is there. They hear a certain song. How many of you got a certain song? Y'all ain't talking to me. There's a certain song. You, there's certain music you don't even listen to anymore, maybe, because every time you listen to it, it reminds you of what happened. Tell your neighbor, we got to get free. Then sometimes people even may begin to hate their children because their children look like the person that they used to be with. Oh, I'm going to get off of it. I know. we. No, no, no. Say patience. I come back to this point. Say patience. I'm really encouraging you with this point. Patience. Sometimes it takes a while to get free because the Bible says we're transformed by the renewing renewing process of our mind. Can I get an amen? Hopefully I'm on somebody's street. Amen. So a stronghold may not break overnight because what did Paul tell Timothy to do? He said, be patient with difficult people. Now he's saying it from the end of if you're trying to get somebody free, but he said, be patient. And some of you even today, you might be in a situation where you're struggling with people who just can't see things different. They, they're stuck mentally. And I want to give you this word, be patient. Because patience will break people down sometimes faster than all of your yelling and screaming will. The Bible says, be patient. It's, he says, be kind. It says, be patient with difficult people gently instruct those who oppose the truth perhaps God will change their those people's hearts because God is the one who changes hearts amen and they will learn the truth then they will come to their what senses and escape from the devil's trap for they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants look at what it says in amplified amplified it says second Timothy chapter 2 verse 25 he must correct his opponents with what? What do I have there? Courtesy and gentleness in the hope that God may grant that they 
will repent. How many know you can't repent when you want to? You can only repent when God gives you permission to. Say amen. It's the goodness and mercy of God that you even have a heart to repent. It's the goodness and mercy of God that when I yell too loud or I say the wrong thing, God says you need to get that right. That's the mercy of God that says, you know what, in my heart I want to change. Because how many of you can't change people's hearts? Some of you tried to, but you found out you couldn't do it. You can't change people's minds. Come on now, spouses. I'm talking to some spouses. You can yell all day long, but it's something. Can I tell you, you can do more on your knees sometimes than with your mouth. And God will change their hearts as we remain patient with that child who's just rebellious. God can do more in that person's heart. He can can have greater gains and ground in their life if we would just be patient and if we would just say, God, is in your hands. You have to change their hearts. So the Bible says that God may grant that God and then God may grant that they will repent and come to know the truth. In other words, they didn't know the truth. But God graces them with repentance that they will know the truth. A changed heart now opens them up to revelation and knowledge of God. And they have what I call an aha moment, which you'll see in my next point. But so number one, we have to be teachable. Say teachable. I have to be willing to learn about people. I I have to be open and and accepting and say, why do you do what you do? And I'm not going to assume. You know, assumption will sometimes steal you of a moment of revelation with a person because we keep assuming we know the person. We know why the person talks like this. We know why the person walks like this. We know why the person acts like this. You know, you see people, you say, man, why do they leave early every single day at, at work? And you don't even know that they have a health issue, but in your mind, you're saying that they're lazy. Why? Because you never asked them the question. You say, why don't you want to talk? You get in an argument, get in a conversation. Why don't you want to talk about it now? Why can't we ever talk about it? You say, just trust me. Let's not talk about it now. And then you look around. You see three other people from the church on the, at the other, in the other seat, in the other chair. You say, oh, that's why you want to be quiet. What, what, what happened? You got the why. And I'm not saying church people are good people. They'll pray for you if they hear your mess. But sometimes you got to keep quiet. Amen. Say amen. As I said Tuesday, everybody can't share your story. Everybody can't share your storm. So a better question to ask people is not what are you doing, but why did you do what you did? We have to become teachable. See, pride is not just about, oh, I don't want to hear a pastor preach. Pride is about, I don't want to hear my spouse explain why they did what they did. Pride is about, I don't want to hear my children say why the teacher called on them, because it's not always the children, child's fault. Amen. Sometimes we got wicked teachers in the school system. Can I get an amen? And sometimes you got to ask why. And on the other end, say on the other end, don't always think your child is an angel. Come on now. Sometimes you got to ask the teacher, why did you do? Well, if the truth be told, how many parents have ever gone into parent conferences? And your child said, they hit me, and, I, and, they, and they hit me. And they, and they just make it seem like the person just hit them, and they didn't do anything. But when you go in and you become teachable, you say, now what happened? See, pride will go in there with, your, with the bonnet still on your head, head and your roller still in your hair. See, that's pride. You don't, you don't even, <laughs> y'all know, pride will go up in there trying to raise the roof like you Queen Latifah or Denzel or somebody, you coming up in there saying, and then trying to act like you got a piece on, you know, you got to keep going in there like, I'm, I'm, I want to find a principal. I want to talk to him now. See, that's pride. 
The humility says, can I, can I please speak with the principal or a teacher at your earliest convenience? Yeah, then you talk to them, and you say, now my child said this person's been hitting on them for the last three weeks. Say, yeah. But has your child also told, told you that they started it? Did your child tell you that they stole their lunch money from that person, and that person was just hitting them back? No, they, and then you sitting up there looking crazy like, <laughs> you got to get a double whooping. You maybe <laughs> you brought me up in this school for me to look crazy, and, and and but what happened? You became teachable, but pride would say, "Nah, uh, uh, y'all just racist. I, I, that's why I'm about to take all, I'm about to take them out of all the schools. Where are they gonna get taught? You can't even. You haven't got time to teach them at homeschool." Enjoying our podcast? Well, we invite you to join us live Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Tune in on Facebook or YouTube by searching Triad Christian Center or visit our website, www.triadchristiancenter.org. Now we will resume today's course already in progress. Say amen. Say teachable. Amen. When a person, you know, people have issues with other people disciplining their children, and I get that. But sometimes somebody got to stand up and say something to them. I didn't get any amens. I didn't say put their hands on them. But say something. Because we need people to step in. You know, it used to be a community that raised a child, but, you know, nowadays people get a little crazier, so you can't trust everybody. But my point in saying that is we have to understand the why behind what people do. You know, it's very easy, even, even, even in, and I'm going to harp on another example, then I'm going to move off this point. But it's very easy even today when you see a major singer or a major preacher and you see that they're being hit on and attacked from media and everybody's just jumping on the bandwagon and saying they're the worst ever and, oh, how can they do this and da-da-da-da. But nobody, whoever asked the question why? Why did you do what you did? And, and is media really portraying you in the right light? But you know what? Sometimes we run off and we allow media to develop strongholds in our mind concerning other believers in Christ. And we're actually talking about our brothers and sisters more than the world is. How dare we? And then we want to win people to the Lord. But no, they, they've got strongholds in their minds about Christianity that they'll cut you if you do the wrong thing overnight. They'll turn against you. And that's what has people scared of coming to church because there's so many strongholds about the church that they'll kill you if you sin one time. They'll kill you if you make one mistake. When the truth be told, you made a million mistakes and God still showed you mercy. And God still showed you grace. If the truth be told, why are you trying to hold somebody to a standard you're not even living yourself? Say strongholds. Yeah, so we got to be teachable. Got to be teachable. Got to be, say, be teachable. I don't believe you should wear the color red. Well, why not? Is that in Scripture? No. I don't believe people should wear lipstick. Well, why not? Then your children ask you, Mama, why I got to keep, why I can't wear makeup? Why I can't, I don't know why. Just, just do what I say. But there's something in your mind. And you got to be teachable. I believe one of the worst things to do, and I'm not just as a leader, as a parent, is to tell somebody what, but never tell them why. Are y'all with me? No, well, they say this. They say, I read this scripture, and, and this is what it says. And you know what? You become so prideful, you don't even want to hear the scriptural interpretation. You're going off a of tradition. 
Y'all not talking to me. Say a stronghold. Don't cross your feet when you shout. Who? Y'all never heard of that. See, thank God we have a ministry that has allowed liberty and freedom. Some stuff y'all never heard. This is what happens, people of God. Don't let a woman speak. Are you serious? What did Deborah do? Deborah was a judge in her day. Woman can't lead. Well, she sure led. We, we got to get delivered. There are certain strongholds people have, and I, I can go for days, but say be teachable. Be patient. And that's on both ends. If you're trying to see a stronghold breaking and you need to get a stronghold uh, broken and you need to get a stronghold broken in your own life, patience. Number three, humility. Say humility. I'm not going to stay on that too long because I talked about pride last Sunday. We, gotta, we have to be humble. And it says, I put on the point on here that my perception changes when I come to my senses. In other words, I have an aha moment. Pride is a blind, blinder. And when we humble ourselves, it allows the blinder to be removed. Look at what it says right here in Luke chapter 15, verse 17. It says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. Verse 18, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I want you to notice something. This is a story about a prodigal son. If you don't know the story, he ran away from home. He got his inheritance. Basically, you're supposed to get an inheritance. I'll venture to say when your father dies, he got it before his father died. Left the house, went out, and wasted his money. He was in Miami. He was in California. He was at every club you could think of, and he was just doing his thing. Can I get an amen? That's not my real dance skills, by the way. Somebody always looking at and, and, and he was just wasting money, wasting money. And he got to a place where he came to his senses. And I believe he came to his senses because God used his situation to humble him. And God humbled him to the point where he woke up. Can I be honest? Some of us didn't wake up and start following Christ when everything went right. We woke up and started following Christ when everything went wrong. And I don't care what you say. God can still use your pain to bring you into purpose. And so God took this, this prodigal son who wasted all his money, and according to Scripture, guess what? He never even had another conversation with his father. Took his money, left. Hit Miami, said, I am, I'm leaving you. I'm taking my inheritance, and I'm gone. And he never even had another conversation. And one of the things that happened after he came to his senses, as his perception of life began to change, is he said, you know what? I have sinned against God. And I've also, he didn't just stop there. And that's the issue we have sometimes. We say, I'm just going to get it right with God. But then he said, I have sinned against God and I've sinned against what? My father. Are y'all seeing that? So that's healing between man, healing between me and man's relationship, and healing between me and God's relationship. Sometimes we like to just focus on me and God's relationship. And there are other people that are still hurting. There are other people that are still struggling. But when he came to his senses, and I believe the veil was lifted, he could finally see again. His mind was set free. He said, you know what? I'm going to go get it right with God, and I'm going to go get it right with man. And sometimes we try to just get it right with man, but we don't get it right with God. How are you going to really sustain a relationship with man if you don't get it right with God? So tell your say it's both sides. He said, you know what? I'm going to get it right with God, and I'm going to get it right with man. That's one of the first things he said when he came to his senses. 
when the stronghold, when his mindset shifted and when it changed. The Bible says right here, be patient with them and God will do what? That he will grant them a change of heart or repentance. And it says right here, and they will come to their senses. That's what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. Just read it again. I'm going to read it because I, I want to make sure you get this. It says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel or must be kind to everybody, be able to teach and be patient with difficult people, gently instruct those, uh, those who oppose the truth. Perhaps God will change those people's hearts. That's what happened with the prodigal son. And they will learn the truth. Then they will come to their senses. Man, I'm over here dying of hunger. I'm struggling over here. And escape from the devil's what? Trap. When he came to his senses, he said, verse 18, I will go, go back to the, go back to the number, point number three. I will go home. I'm going to make a move. Why? Because I've come to my senses. And some of us are trying to get people to change their behavior, but they haven't come to their senses yet. Say amen. And we don't come to our senses until God changes our heart, until there's a level of repentance, until there's a level of turning from our sin. And that comes from the mercy and the goodness of God. And the Bible says when he came to his senses, he said, I'm going home to my father. I'm going back to my coworker. I'm going back to my spouse. I'm going back to my child. When's the last time, you know, as a parent, I bet you it's very difficult. As a leader, it's difficult sometimes to go to your child or the person you're leading and tell them, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I've sinned against you. But I believe sometimes that's the sign that the strongholds in our mind is breaking, is that we're willing to submit to the teachings of Christ, and we're obeying him. We're walking in truth. We're walking in love. Look what it says, number four, the body of Christ. Say the body of Christ. Now, we've already seen how Paul is encouraging Timothy to teach people who are difficult. We see how in 2 Corinthians 10, Paul is the one actually talking, and he says, we pull down strongholds. This is all the body of Christ. Sometimes people try to get free from certain mindsets in isolation, but I believe isolation can be the devil's playground. Because if isolation is not a place of restoration and God has ordained you, I believe God does isolate you to rebuild you to go back into community. But if, you, if, you, if we are loners, say loners, that's not of God. The Bible says the first thing God said was not good. I heard someone say this, was that it wasn't good for man to be alone. That's the first thing God in Scripture says was not good for man to be alone. Some people say, I like to get in my mind and in my feelings. Well, in your mind and in your feelings, you can get in a whole lot of trouble. Can I get an amen? And social media does not help out today because you can sit there for five hours and look at somebody else's life. First of all, it's not even probably their real life because it's their highlight reel. And you sit at their life and sit and stop, man, man, I wish I had muscles like him. I wish I had a waist like her. I wish I had, come on, y'all y'all know what I'm talking about? I, I wish I had hair like that. I wish I had children like that. I wish I had a spouse like that. And you sit there and the enemy say, see, nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. And you sitting, off of there, you sitting off in your isolated world, off in a corner somewhere, and the devil is bombarding you. Say amen. Isolation, I believe, is the enemy's playground. So, the body of Christ, the community of believers, I believe breaks strongholds. 
Don't try to break it alone. If, we, if you know, even as I've been going through the series, there's some things that you have hiccups with. It could be, it could be gender-related. It could be age-related. It could be uh, uh, financial, financially related. You, you don't try to break it alone. Get somebody else around you that can support you, that can provoke you to good works and acts of love. That's what the body of Christ does. It provokes you to good works and acts of love. And so look at what it says, Proverbs 18, verse 17. I'll read this because I got to go. The Bible says the first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. Sometimes we sound right all by ourselves till we get in community. We thought that outfit looked good until somebody else, you know. We thought we could sing until somebody else. Start hanging around Brother Joe or somebody who said, nah, we ain't got it yet. Chantel, nah, we ain't got it yet. See, everybody thinks their kid can play football until they get around other athletes. My kid is the best in the nation. Yeah. He get around three other guys who's been training ever since they were two years old, couldn't even walk, throwing the football. He said, oh, God help me. What, what is that? The first to speak in court sounds right until the cross-examination begins. Isolation can lead to error. Paul, even when he got his revelation about Jesus, he said eventually he went to go consult with some of the apostles. He, he, we we got to get into a place where we check and balance each other. That's part. I know people don't like that because they don't want everybody in their business. I don't like everybody in my business either. But you need somebody that can step in and say, brother, you're thinking the wrong way. You're developing bitterness in your heart towards men. You're developing bitterness in your heart towards women. You have an issue with white people. You have an issue with black people. You cannot see them the way God sees them. You have a struggle with leadership. What's the last person you submitted to? Why do you keep going from job to job? You have a stronghold to leadership. And sometimes people struggle with it. They go to 10 different jobs in 10 years. Because there was a leader that hurt them years ago, and their trauma begins to develop a stronghold that you can't trust leaders, no matter how great they are. But that's why we need the body of Christ, say the body of Christ, to surround us and to speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4, verse 11, you can read that at a later time, but it just basically talks about how that when we're in the body of Christ, that we help to protect people from error. We have to protect people from deceptions. Actually, talking about the fivefold gifts, but that's the body of Christ. Number five, say exposure to truth. Okay, Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. It says it talks about how they will learn the truth. They will learn the truth. You, we cannot break a stronghold with another lie. Say amen. You can't break a lie with another another lie. And in order to do that, we're going to have to get into the Word of God, Scriptures. We, I remember one year we, you know, let, let me say this to you. I believe, and I'm not saying this, don't be condemned. I think that we have more availability of the Scriptures than ever before in history. I've got version Bible, which I love to read every day. But with all of this availability, access to the Word, when there are some people that don't even have as much access as we do, with all this access that we have, we still find ourselves sometimes maybe more illiterate in the Bible than any other generation. How do we have this much exposure to the Word of God and we're still coming out maybe shorthanded? Listen, let me say this to you. God has given us so much, and to whom much is given, much is required. And I even correct that. I'll say this. It wasn't even so much that they probably had more access or more understanding of the Word, but they believe more of the Word than we do. 
Some of our, some of our, our grandmas and great-grandmas, they couldn't read the word. They couldn't read. But what they got, they believed. Say amen. Abraham didn't have a whole lot of words, but he believed the word that he received. So I'm saying that to come back and say this, truth. Say truth. And, and I thank God for all of the different self-help methods and self-help messages that we see posted. And, you know, everybody's trying to get their bag and build their empire. And, and there's so many things going on. You know what? That's great. I mean, build it for the kingdom. Amen. And then give me some glory to God. But, but, but my point in saying all that is this, is that if truth is not invading just as much as those other traditions and man's ideas are invading, then we're going to have a problem being delivered from demonic strongholds. Say amen. Because I believe the truth, it will set you free. So truth, say exposure to truth. Number six, we have to find and examine the reason for my mindset. What's the rationale? The stronghold, he says, strongholds of human reasoning. Why do I believe what I believe? Okay. Because somebody ran me off the road today, and, they, and, they're, and they're from a certain race, and so now I think everybody from that race wants to run me off the road. You can't do that. You can't take one individual experience and then generalize everybody. Say everybody's just like this. Everybody's not like that. So many times, even with singles and even single people, they say one single person. Just, you see one single person, you see all single persons. No, you don't. Every single person is different because not all single people want to be married, first of all. Say amen. Not maybe anybody in here. There's some people, they say, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to live for Jesus for the rest of my life. I, don't, I can't let no woman come in my life. I can't let no man come in my life. Then there's some people that want to be married. Say Amen. And, and, and you have different married couples. You know, you say, well the, well, the wife is the one that always talks a lot. No, there's some very quiet wives. Amen. And there's some very loud men that talk a whole lot. They can talk. How many know husbands that talk circles around their wives? Amen. Nobody. Y'all haven't been around enough. Amen. Sometimes we feel the, the wife is the most mouthy person out of the whole relationship. No, sometimes there's men that are mouthy. Amen. And sometimes the men are more social than the women. Sometimes the women are more social than the men. That's a stronghold when you put everybody in the same box. Say amen. Because what it does is when you meet a person, you already put them in a box, and you're already reacting to them from a place of what you think about them rather than what you learned about them. And they say, sorry, uh, 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 and you get angry. Why, why aren't you? Because you think all women talk a lot because that's, that's the way they project certain women. Can I get an amen? They're not. They don't always talk. And you say, I know they talk a lot. I got to be careful. What I, no, they could be, they're, they're actually pretty mild-tempered. Then you got some women that talk a lot. All of them are good. None of them are bad. I'm just saying those are the mindsets that we have. Every man knows about a car. If I meet a man, he should know about a car. You can't stop every brother and ask them to help you with your car. They'll mess up your car. Your car have one cough before they come. They'll have 10 coughs after they leave. <coughs> You're like, what happened? He... <laughs> That joker came and messed up my car. I thought because he was a man, he knew about a car. He don't, just because you're a man don't think, mean you know about a car. Doesn't mean you know how to cut the grass. Doesn't mean you know how to fix a tire. You better call triple A. Say amen. Lose your pride. I'm calling triple A. Glory to God. All right. Say, come on. Say, say this with me. Say fine and examine the reason for my mindset. Is it godly? Or, or worldly rationale? Is it, is it something? This is what Paul said. He said human reasoning. He said this is what we're pulling down, strongholds of human reasoning. 
Is this rationale that I have for why I see people a certain way, is this based on the Word or is this based on the Holy Spirit? Or is this based on the world? Excuse me. Is this based on the word or is this based on the world? Is this based on the word? Why I believe what I believe about uh, presidents or is this based on the world? What, what, what am I believing concerning other people? What, what, why do I believe what I believe? What is my rationale for believing? Is it trauma-induced? Is it fear-induced? Is it pain-induced? Or is it word and Holy Spirit-induced? What is causing me to think about people the way I do? What is causing me to think about money the way I do? What is causing me to think about relationships the way I do? Because Paul said we're pulling down strongholds of human reasoning. If it's merely human, it's demonic in nature. Because Satan sees things merely from a human point of view. Number seven, this is the last one. We got to turn to Christ. The last thing is turn to Christ. Say repentance. The Bible says right here in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16, it says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Freedom. This happens through repentance. So all of us who have had that veil removed can what? See. Perception. And reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. It says, for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. We cannot change our mind to what God intends for us to have unless we turn to Christ. So we got to be teachable. We have to be patient. It's not going to break overnight. It's not going to change overnight. Some of us have years and years of baggage that we have to get removed. Number three, humility. We can't be know-it-alls. We got to come to our sins and say, you know what? I make mistakes sometimes. Oh, I got it now. And we got to admit it. Number four, the body of Christ. We have to be in community if we're going to break these strongholds. Isolation can lead to error. We can be wrong all by ourselves. Number five, exposure to truth. Number six, we have to find and examine the reason for our mindsets. Why do we believe what we believe? Who told us this? Who taught us this? Did it come from the Spirit of God, or did it come from the world? Is that something Big Mama told me, or is that something the Holy Spirit told me? Come on, I love Big Mama, amen, but Big Mama can get you messed up. She gets you, she get you, she get your relationships all jacked up. That worked in the 20s, Big Mama. That don't work in 2021. Can I get an amen? All right, we're moving on, because somebody got offended because I talked about Big Mama. Then number seven, okay, number seven, turning to Christ. We've got to repent. I just got to repent. Just got to turn to the Lord. Repentance, a heart of repentance, I believe, will lift the veil off of our eyes. It will allow us to see clearly now that the rain is gone. It's when we turn. It's when we repent. And that really comes from God working on our heart. And some of us, you know, today we say, you know what? I, I want to see clearly, but it's hard to see clear when we haven't turned from our sin, when we haven't turned to the Lord. Because that new mindset in Christ, the mind of Christ comes from following him. Every head bow, every eye closed. Father, I just pray today.
that you are breaking strongholds that have held us back from loving people well. Lord, as I've gone over these examples, I know I didn't hit everybody's example and I didn't hit everybody where they were and get to everybody's street, but Lord, you know what street people are on and that includes me. Lord, I know I have areas of my life right now where I, I have preconceived notions. I have prejudice even in my life. And Lord, I pray even now that we will, we will get delivered from prejudices, Lord, towards people. Whether, whatever color they skin they have, whatever race they are, whatever uh, economic status they have, Father, I pray even now that we're getting delivered from the way we see people if it's not in alignment with your scripture and your spirit, Father. I pray everything that's based on worldly rationale, that's based on demonic rationale, I pray it be broken off of our minds. And I pray even now for liberty. Come on, just stand on your feet all around the room. I just pray for liberty, Father, in this room. Lord, I know that this word that I've spoken today, it meets people right where they are. I know it's meeting people, Father. I know we I know we all can look at our lives and see strongholds. And Lord, even now, we just put our hand on our head. And Lord, we just say, break it right now. Break everything that's not of you. Break everything that's ungodly. Break everything that's from the devil. Break everything that's even going back as far as childhood, Lord. I pray that you're starting the breakage of that thing. You're, de you're, you're demolishing that stronghold. You're pulling it down right now, Lord. How we see the church, Lord. How we see leadership, Lord. How we see our spouse, Lord. How we see our children, Lord. How we see government, Lord. I pray even that you're breaking it down so that we can love people well. We can see people well. And then we can love people well. We can see people well. And then we can love people well, Father. I pray you're removing the beam out of our eyes so that we can deal with the speck in our neighbor's eyes, Father. I pray for freedom on today. I pray for freedom on today. Every stronghold of hatred, every stronghold of rejection, every stronghold of fear be broken in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold of failure be broken that says I cannot have a healthy relationship. Eventually something will sabotage it. I pray it be broken in the name of Jesus, Father. And I pray for freedom of the mind. For Lord, you are the great liberator. And we can only find true freedom as we turn to you. And I pray it is so in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody give a shout of praise to the Lord. Shout amen. Shout amen. Shout amen. And listen, if you're watching today or you're in the house today and you need to turn to the Lord, you've been living your own way, but you need to turn. And today, even as I've been teaching, you've come to your senses like that prodigal son. You say, I realize I've been in a heap of, of sin. I've been doing what I want to do, and I, I, I'm finding myself losing my way. But I want to turn back to the Lord. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I make you ruler of my life. I believe, Jesus, you died in my place. You were buried, and you rose again. You are alive. And I declare that from this day forth, I will follow after you, and I will know the truth, and the truth will make me free. And I declare, Lord Jesus, that I have the mind of Christ. I have the same mind that you have. This mind that was in Christ Jesus is also in me, Lord. And I pray even now that I am getting free by the day from every stronghold, every blockage that will keep me back from perceiving you right, God, from perceiving others right, and from perceiving myself the right way. Lord, I pray even now for healing and deliverance in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody say amen, amen, amen. Awesome.
Awesome. God is so good, and he is on the throne. And listen, I want to encourage you all to stay with me. I think we're going to get more specific in the next month. I want to stay on this series because I believe that as we get free, God is going to allow us to be able to serve him in a greater way and to fulfill the commandment of loving people. I believe we love people better. Our prayers will go a little bit further. Can I get an amen? I believe we love people well. It's going to help us to have healthiness in our heart. And then we're not going to have all the, some of the sickness we're dealing with maybe is because we don't know how to love people. Just maybe. Maybe we're going to see breakthrough in our health. So we're going to get free in Jesus' name. And so I want to encourage you to stay with me on this journey as we talk about free to love. Listen, we're about to go. Before we do, God bless you. May he keep you before you go. Make sure if you're watching online that you can give three different ways. Number one, you can text in 336-203-0708. Text in your dollar amount. Go to tryachristiancenter.org. Click on online giving. You can also mail in your offering. God bless you. May he keep you. And I declare freedom over your mind in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for attending the Love University at Triad Christian Center with your host and professor, Pastor Joshua Lockett. We pray that today's message encouraged you to love God, love yourself, and love others. If you have accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, congratulations. You have made the best decision of your life, and we want to celebrate and connect with you. Text follow Christ to 81411. Are you over social distancing? We have plenty of ways for you to connect and engage with our ministry online. Visit us on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, Facebook Triad Christian Center, or on our website, triadchristiancenter.org for more information. We look forward to connecting with you. If you would like to give to our ministry, you may do so by texting 336-203-0708 with any amount. Or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org slash online underscore giving. Lastly, you may send it by mail to 4321 Barrow Road, High Point, North Carolina, 27265 and make all checks payable to Triad Christian Center. Until next time, know that we love you. Be blessed and stay safe.